Take me home, Midland Road, to the place I belong, to the valley, to see the city. Take me home, Midland Road. Hello and welcome along to the latest edition of A Season with Bradford City. We've had a mini winter break ourselves, but we're back now for the remainder of the campaign. And depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we are recording on deadline day. And it has just been announced by the club that Callum Kavanagh has signed a two-year permanent contract from Middlesbrough to Bradford City. So we wish him all the best. Before that announcement, though, I spoke with Bradford City season ticket holder and Width of the Post editor Jason McEwen about the recent period and where the club go between here and May. So, Jason, first and foremost, how are you, sir? How are you feeling? Are you well? Are you uh, eagerly looking forward to the final few months of the season? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm battling heroically with the difficult cause that is man flu. So I'm sure you know how serious oh, it mate, is. And yeah. Life-threatening. And, you know, I, I hope to make it to survive to the weekend, but it's a bit touch and go hour by hour. But <laughs> so far, just about keeping up there. But, yeah. I don't know what I'm laughing for. I'd be uh, I'd be at least having a week off work um, <laughs> <laughs> with, with that one, mate. But um, no, no, our, our thoughts and yes, I am. Um, I feel your pain. Then okay, then I'm gonna I'm gonna get straight in at the deep end here because um, I think Bradford City's recent run hasn't been the best. That's fair to to say. But um, is the season over in the league? Do you think? I think so in the league. Um, it, it's you know it's very unfortunate that we had a good run before Christmas where we seemed to get back into contention for the playoffs and there was a feel good factor at the club that started to return after a difficult first half of the season, but then it's drifted away again, hasn't it? Really, with you know seven games without a win, some very underwhelming performances over that period, especially the home games have been really disappointing and and the style of football has been really difficult to watch and, and has been alienating I think to a lot of supporters and that gap to the playoffs has just grown and grown and, and I think ultimately you get to the stage of the season where we played 28-29 games I think it is there's a yep. certain amount of pattern now that takes shape in any club season and it's very difficult to change that tra- trajectory and there just isn't enough at this moment in time albeit we're talking the day before the window ends and who knows what might happen over the next 24 hours uh-huh. but I think at this moment in time it's difficult to look at that squad and think it, it can suddenly go on the kind of run that would make up such a big deficit. So I do think, unfortunately, you know, we're not going to go down, obviously, which is a good thing. We're far too clear of that mess and you know, the two teams are just at the bottom. But that gap to the playoffs is, is huge. And just to catch up will be hard enough, never mind keeping pace with the teams at the top. You mentioned the transfer window there. That always um, brings great excitement. Bradford City have been active um, in goings and outgoings this window already. Are you expecting any business before the, the close of play? The I don't know at this moment in time. It feels like, if anything, there's going to be maybe one or two low-key signings. I think it's a real challenge at this moment in time because how much do you roll that dice? How much do you invest at this moment in time when effectively your season is kind of over? And as all, as much as it, it might like, like a lack of ambition and you get certain criticism for doing that, spending a lot of money now in January chasing a bit of a lost cause at this moment in time it's probably not the most logical decision to make. Rather, you know, if you think about it, instead of wait till the summer, keep your powder uh-huh. dry to a certain extent. You've got the Harry Lewis money that that could be perhaps better used in in the summer rather than at this moment in time, um, especially if the opportunities out there because it's easy to get a short term player in for the next few months and they may do well, but if at the end of the season they go back to their club or wherever, wherever it is happening there, 
that's money now spent now that may not be affected in the long run. And you're equally probably looking at it and thinking season ticket sales next season uh-huh. might be, might take a bit of a hit. There's obviously a, a, a real dampener of enthusiasm and confidence in the club and we're seeing attendances drop off quite worryingly at the moment that you've obviously got to think about that financial side of it as well. So I think if you've been logical, you probably say not too much business done now and you're kind of seeing out the season. Understand that that's, that's not going to be popular with everyone, but I think if you if, if you said to the supporters now, that's money we'll use in the summer, I think most people would take that potentially. So I think probably not a lot now at this moment in time. I realise as well this is probably quite a, a broad quest, uh, question, but what mistakes, Jason, do you think have been made across the campaign then? How long is this podcast? On? <laughs> as long as you want. Well, if, it might help you get. I don't know if you, I don't want to make you man flu worse. So, um, you know, tread lightly. I think that ultimately, when you're looking at this season, I think it, it's strategically has not been managed very well. We could all see after the playoff defeat last season that this year would be more difficult. It was going to be a tougher division. We were losing certain players who'd been very important to us last season. We had all that kind of hangover of missing out and the disappointment of how you manage that. That meant you could look at the season and think there were going to be some challenges ahead. Mark Hughes in the final year of his contract. Would you see it out? Um, would you get a new deal? All those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I think that we just... It doesn't feel like we're properly prepared for those 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 issues. Really, you can look as early as the Morecambe game in August to think yeah. Mark Hughes. It was kind of the beginning of the end for him in terms of really poor performance, the crowd turning, and that belief going. But there was no succession plan even at that point. Then you start to think about what you're going to do at this point. If in a few weeks' time you're going to have to sack Mark Hughes, and clearly we got to that point where we sacked him. Probably a little bit in haste, in my opinion, because the form although wasn't great, it was only a couple of defeats. It wasn't spectacular mm-hmm. and then we're doing that without a plan of what to do next I think that was really really hurt us and set us back and then I think the, the fact we've come eventually after, after having the 33 day wait for the new manager to come in to bring in someone with such a completely different style of play to what was already there before has compounded that really and that's not to write Graham Alexander off he may be a very successful Bradford City manager we all obviously hope that he will be but mid-season, if you're changing your manager because you want to have the best shot of promotion with the squad you've got there, knowing what you can and can't do at that moment in time, bringing in someone who plays a completely different style of football and needs a very different type of player to succeed just meant that there was a reset at the moment where we couldn't afford that. And then you add all that with a lot of questionable decisions on recruitment, lack of communication, lack of direction from the top. And uh-huh. It just feels very much like a season where... Too much has gone wrong and no one is really taking responsibility and, and being accountable for that. And I think that all just feeds into supporters feeling very disillusioned and worried about the future because there's very little evidence in front of our eyes over the last few months that would suggest that as a football club, we've made mistakes, but we all know what those mistakes are and we can learn from them and do better going forwards. There's no evidence that that kind of thought process and that self-awareness is going on. And that just leaves you to worry that not only have we made a lot of mistakes this season, but that we'll continue to make those mistakes because we don't seem to be learning. So there's a lot to be worried about, I think. You mentioned him there, um, Jason, and obviously he came in to replace Mark Hughes, but how do you rate Graham Alexander's performance um, so far? Because he's been there, what, 16, 17 games? Is that is that probably about right? Yeah, I think it's fair to say not that impressive so far, but I think there's a lot of mitigating circumstances and, and I certainly won't be here saying... He needs to go or we need to be changing manager at this moment in time. I think initially, obviously, he wanted to play a certain way. Very quickly realised he didn't have the players for that and, and changed the system to be successful to a point. 
But then again, when things have slightly go slightly wrong, the the plan hasn't been great. And I think some of the football recently and the way we've been trying to approach games has left a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. And I think the frustration as well a little bit for supporters is the league form has been very poor, uh, not great. The performance is not great. The entertainment factor very very low. But then in the cup games. We've been playing a very different way, a much more exciting, adventurous way. We've yeah. been playing more technical-minded footballers like Kevin McDonald, and, and it's looked a much more refreshing and much more enjoyable to watch and much more successful. And the frustration is, why can't we do that in the league? Why don't we, why do we not carry on playing this way in those kind of games? And you'd like to think after Tuesday and a, and a good performance against Doncaster and getting to the semi-finals of the Cup, that, that now for Graham Alexander is a clear blueprint of what to do at this moment in time. It might not be the long-term solution, but to me, playing a 3-4-3, having wide forwards who can take people on, who can run through those channels with a, a striker in the middle seems to be the best way to, to approach it at this moment in time with the players that they've got. And also making sure you've got athletic full-backs, wing-backs, I should say, who uh-huh. can get up and down the pitch as well. And, and people like Kevin McDonald at the centre of the park who are technically good footballers who can pass the ball really well. I think if, we, if it goes down that route now, I think we'll all feel a little bit better about things. But some of the team selections in the league games recently have been very different to that and have really not inspired confidence. It is difficult though, isn't it, Jason? At the same time, from a managerial point of view, it must be the most difficult time to come in sort of halfway, quarter of the way, whatever it was through the season um, and really make an impact though. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's my concern long-term for Graham Alexander is that right now, it's a period where any manager is kind of going for their honeymoon spell, where there's a lot of goodwill afforded to them, and there's kind of a lot of acknowledgement and acceptance that if things aren't necessarily going to plan, it's early days for them, and they can they can change that around. But the big worry is that if you go to these final 16, 17 games of the season with nothing to play for, with the style of football not being great, and with City stuck in the bottom half of the table still, that goodwill gets used up really quickly. And as much as it, I think any logical City supporter would, would agree that he obviously needs a summer and he needs to go again next, next season with a clean slate. Even then, he'll come into next season with that patience very much worn out. And it's really easy right now to sit here and envisage a September sacking of Graham Alexander. That, you know, Giving him a transfer window, changing around the squad completely, mm-hmm. then it going and not necessarily working. And, and there's just not been the patience there at that point because he's been in charge for nearly a year and things haven't gone that well. That you see a change there again as well. And it just feels like this cycle we're on repeatedly. Supporters, the chief exec, everyone on of but giving a manager a go, giving them that sort of time, and but that patience running out far too quickly. And before they can really get going properly, it, we, we make that change again and go a different direction. And I always say this, with, you know, go back to the Phil Parkinson years, we had a lot of periods where things didn't go that well. You know, it wasn't a smooth ride under Phil Parkinson. We had spells like one win in 21 and relegation battle in the first season yeah. and lots of bumps along the way. But as a football club, we were willing to go through those bumps and come out the other side of it because we believed in what Phil Parkinson was doing and we had that faith in there. And every single time we were rewarded for that. There's some moments where... Maybe he could have been sacked. Maybe he was under pressure. But the supporters in the main stuck with him. The chairman at the time stuck with him. The club stuck with him and got rewarded for that. And as a football club since then, whenever there's been a difficult moment, we've sacked the manager. No matter who that manager is, we've never gone through the other side of that. And sometimes that's because we haven't got the right person in charge and we have to make that change. Completely understand that. But other times, and Mark Hughes' early season is a good example, we perhaps just could have stuck with them a little bit longer to see if they could have got through that sticky spell and seen what might come out of the side of that. Because there's parts where it, with Parkinson where it didn't look clever at all, 
but overall it was brilliant. And equally with other managers of recent past, that could have been the case. So hopefully with Alexander, he can just about get enough credit to get through these tough times and then deliver that success in the long run. We're speaking the day after Bradford City's 1-0 win against Doncaster in the EFL Trophy. You mentioned Kevin McDonald there, who played a um, a significant part in, in that victory. But uh, another positive, I, I guess, was, was Jake Young. Um, the transfer window will be shutting soon as well, so... The speculation will die down, but that, surely that's a positive as you, as you sign up, look towards the, the final few months of the season? Yeah, I think so. It's a really unexpected turn of events, I think, for supporters because it very much felt like right from early in the window that as much as Jake Young had come back, there was very much a deny that we were going to sell him and moving on because he didn't seem to want to be here. Obviously, the injury flared up, which felt yep. a bit convenient, felt a bit like a smokescreen. Obviously, no one knows what's going on. Rumours start to fly back and forth and you just don't know what's going on. But it very much felt like we were heading to a conclusion of Jake Young getting sold on transfer deadline day. That, for a decent fee, that seemed to be the route. And obviously, there's been interest. It's well documented. Clubs have come in. They've, there's a certain valuation that Bradford City have that hasn't been met. And all credit to them, to be fair, to, to stick to their guns on that one, really. Because uh-huh. we criticise club to an extent about Harry Lewis situation and the fee isn't that, that particularly spectacular, isn't a life change about money. It would be quite easy to have sold Jake Young for whatever price you can get and just accept that. But they've stuck their guns, they've kept the player at the club and he may or may not be happy about that. But I think his body language at Swindon in the second half and certainly on, on Tuesday night in the cup game is really positive and encouraging. He, he looks like he wants to prove a point and he looks very engaged with what we're trying to do. And that's a big positive. And I think the big thing now for Young and for the club, really, is you just hope the next few months go really well for, on both counts. If Jake Young could come back and really impress, score a few more goals, he could get that move that he may or may not want in the summer, uh, and the club can get get that fee they may or may not be expecting as well in the summer. Or they've got a really good player who can be brilliant for them next season. The worst for both areas now is that he's come back to City and he doesn't do very well, and therefore that that spell at Swindon becomes very quickly forgotten because suddenly there's no queue of clubs in the summer who want to sign him. So hopefully what we've seen so far is really encouraging because I thought he played very well last night, and if he keeps that going. The goals will follow, and I think City's performances in general can improve from that as well. So it isn't what we expected, but I think it's a welcome welcome occurrence. And I think for a club that's had a lot of criticism, and I'll certainly be one to give a lot of criticism to the club, this is one where I think overall they probably deserve a bit of credit for that. One player who hasn't played since before Christmas in the victory at Doncaster, a league game that time, though, is Jamie Walker. How, how much has, has he been missed to the, to the whole setup, really, Jason? I think he's been a huge miss um, since he since he got injured. Um, obviously, we haven't won a league game since then, which which speaks massive volumes about his influence. And there's been a real problem in terms of the three five two that Alexander wants to play. He needs a good number ten in there for it to be effective. Otherwise, it does become uh-huh. very much a long ball war of attrition, which is what we've seen. So it's been a real challenge. Obviously, no player who's been given opportunity in Walker's number ten position has been able to cement that that. We now move to a slightly different formation, which therefore means we can perhaps get by. But ultimately, long term, you just want Jamie Walker back back in, in that team. And again, it's something I've probably spoke about a few times and probably on this podcast as well with, with Jamie Walker this season. I've been really impressed by his bravery and the leadership he's shown this season mm-hmm. because there's been times where the club have really struggled and they've had a really bad time of it. He's always been there looking for the ball, always been brave, always willing to try things and to stand up and take that pressure of playing in front of that crowd. And not all his teammates can say the same, sadly. And I think that's the kind of player that you absolutely want at your football club. So 
someone who, when it's a difficult moment, even if he's not playing at his best, will never shy away and will always do the right thing and be brave for that. As a football club, we, we really need more and more of those players with that kind of character. So I think he's a huge loss. I just hope he can come back soon, have a good end to the season, hopefully win a new contract and continue to be as influential as he is because he's been a really important player for us this season. One player who, who has impressed me um, watching Bradford City this season as well is um, full-back, wing-back, um, all-action hero, up and down, Brad Halliday, really. And and just a word on him, Jason, because it, it strikes me that whatever the formation, um, yes, he's you know he's a right-sided full-back, wing-back, but whatever the formation, whatever the chaos um, with managing, coaching and, and whatever else is going on off the field, he seems to perform at a, a very, very good level. And he's, he's, he looks like he's offering a genuine sort of threat in that final, final third as well. Yeah, he's been remarkably consistent this season. He's played really, really well. Um, obviously, he was good last season as well. I remember when we signed him um, in the summer of 2022 and reading up about him, had significant injury problems when he was at right. Fleetwood. And you, you kind of worried thinking, we've signed a few players like this in the past who've had injury records that then end up coming to the club and barely playing because of that. Um, but he's been, I don't think he's Mr. Game really, has he, from, from, from anything other than early doors in the season he was left out of the team for um, selection reasons. He's been, he's always fit and he's always available and he does such a great job. Um, I think we almost asked too much of him. I think the team the level of responsibility expected on him not just to you know, be a really good defender and to, and to look after that back line often on his own, but also the, how much attacking wise we need of him. It's almost like we need two Brad Halliday's in the team and we're almost trying to play with yeah. two Brad Halliday's really the amount of responsibility on his shoulders and that means sometimes you know he will make the odd mistake and I do think opposition teams have targeted him a little bit recently thinking that not so much that he's a weak link but because there's so much responsibility on his shoulders and because he has to do so much that inevitably leaves gaps behind him that they can take advantage of but I think if I think he's just been absolutely fantastic for, for that he does need a bit more support probably needs to be managed a little bit better to get even more out of him and that comes from having players around there to support him but he is I'm sure the first name on Graham Alexander's team sheet and he will be for a long time to come the way he's playing at the moment I'm looking at the league table Jason 18th in league 2 36 points 8 points behind I think Notts County in 7th yes that's right um, teams like Harrogate uh, Wimbledon Accrington Morecambe, even Newport, who we saw obviously in the FA Cup against Manchester United at the weekend. But these are teams that Bradford City should be way ahead of, shouldn't they? Should be really knocking on that playoff door. Is that absolutely out of the question, do you think? Yeah, you're right about that. And I think that's where the frustration lies as, as supporters because, like I said earlier, you know, we knew this season was going to be difficult. We knew with Wrexham coming into the league, with Notts County coming into the league, with Stockport ending last season incredibly strongly and having that money behind them, with Mansfield Town, who we knew were going to be good, people like Crew and MK Dons, who haven't had the best of times recently, but they're always strong. You knew they'd be our rivals for promotion and teams that would be up there that would be difficult to get ahead of. But it's not just those teams. It is, as you say, teams like Harrogate and, um, and Morecambe and, and Accrington, teams like that who we would expect to do much, do much better than um, with the resources we've got as a club. And when you see them up there and doing that well, it makes our underachievement even bigger, really. So that is a frustration. Um, I think, I think that, as I say, I think the gap is just too big at this moment in time in the sense that I just can't see us going on the kind of run that would, that would bridge that gap enough for us to get there. And equally, to bridge that gap enough and then continue that route, route as well. You, you're kind of talking about needing almost championship winning form yeah. between now and the end of the season to make that really because the teams at the top will keep picking up points it's not that that eight point gap 
we'll, if we win our next three games, we'll have clawed that gap back. Absolutely. There's a, a lot more to it than that. And even just getting close to them is only half the battle. So I just think it's too much based on what we've seen this season. And it is really frustrating when you see teams who have uh, what, you know such a less resources than ourselves. And in some places like Harrogate, have a lot of our cast off, it's fair to say. Players who we've said yeah. weren't good enough are in their team now and above us in the league. That's where the frustration lies because there really is no excuse for that. A team that Bradford are playing on Saturday, of course, Wimbledon come to Valley Parade. They will be hoping to sneak into that playoff or into those playoff positions between now, now and May. Certainly, they're only two points adrift of seventh place, Notts County. Thoughts out of that fixture? Jason, is it a case of of getting some sort of consistency and then maybe focusing on that EFL trophy semi-final draw, which of course will be on Friday evening and getting in the best shape for that? Or, you know, can can you, you know, you've got to have hope, haven't you? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really big game now because you've, it's been a difficult week for the, for the club. It's fair to say it certainly, oh, it certainly started that way. The, the Swindon defeat on the back of the, the old feeling that came from the Salford match. There was obviously a fans forum uh, on Monday night where there's talk, of, you know, a lot of discontent what to do, and then obviously you even had the rumours about Graham Alexander on the internet, which turned out to be a lot of rubbish. But just uh-huh. that kind of thing. Then you have a win in the cup, and suddenly there's a bit, bit of, bit of light there, isn't a bit of hope and, and a tiny bit of momentum to build on. And you're just hoping that they go into the game on Saturday and they're able to take that further forward. There hasn't been too many Saturday home games over the last couple of months, so it does feel a bit of a rarity to be going to yep. the Premier It feels like it's been a, been a while, doesn't it? It does, yeah, the Crawley game. And even, even before that, there wasn't many games before that on, on a Saturday as well, so it has been a been a weird period for that. So it feels like if you can win this one now, get a bit of momentum, just keep that kind of feel-good factor from Tuesday night going, then that just gives them a little bit of a springboard, doesn't it? But equally, if they have another defeat, it's back to square one. And it's probably also the concern is not just what happens on Saturday. It's understanding after that that we've got Wrexham away the week after. MK Don's on the Tuesday to come after that as well. Uh, they go to Barrow the, the Saturday after that who are having a great season as well. Some tricky games coming up and Wimbledon are up there. The form's going off a little bit. It's not quite as good as it was. They're, they're I think I was looking at the form table before and they're kind of down quite near the low. I mean, we're bottom of the form table, so we, we've got no, no room to talk, but their, their form isn't brilliant. It's perhaps a winnable fixture before we have some games that will be significantly tougher. And if we don't win this game on Saturday, then you do think going to Wrexham the week after, crikey, that's that's just the last fixture you want at this moment in time. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really important moment in the City season, without a doubt. Jason, can I push you for a prediction? Dare I? I mean, I must say it's been absolutely fascinating and there's still three months, three or four months left covering Bradford City this season. So many stories, so many subplots. I don't think anybody in their right mind could could confidently predict what <laughs> what what the hell. I mean, you can say that across the pyramid, but I don't think it's ever been, you know. I mean, I was watching Bradford City against Stockport, what was that, November, December time. And yeah. I thought, you know what, a draw, City probably had the better of it. And then I even go back to the Stockport game earlier on in the season. Andy Cook missed penalty, and then Cook, of course, had that the one-on-one. I think it was yeah. a, a one-all draw that day as well. And these are the, if you like, the benchmark. And I'm looking come away from those games thinking, actually, Bradford City are not far away. And I think that's part yeah. of the fr- frustration, isn't it? That you, you put performances in, Wrexham at home, another draw, but showed great character to come back in and, and, and win that. You know, there were, it felt like the cop that day was almost sucking the ball in, didn't it? So there, yeah, there are absolutely. moments and, and frustrations there and, and, and little snippets of, of, of light, aren't there? Yeah, there is. And it feels like, again, it comes to recent frustration. It does feel like when you look at that squad, 
yeah, there's, it's not perfect. There's, there's some definite issues there, and recruitment hasn't been good enough overall, you have to say. But there's potential there if you play the right players, if you get people like Bobby Pointer in the team, Harry Chapman, Kevin McDonald. Get, you know, the, there's no reason for us to be 18th in League Two with the squad we have at our disposal. And that's on a lot of people. Obviously, Mark Hughes paid the price early in the season for his part of that. But it's on Graham Alexander now as well to do better. And there's no doubt about it that we are seriously underachieving this season. And we've got to be going to games like Wimbledon thinking, not this is a tough game and how could we possibly get a result today. It's got to be, this is a game we should be looking to win with the players that we've got. So, yeah, I think um, it, it's, prediction-wise... I wouldn't even want to start. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> it's hard to predict, isn't it? It just depends what on you know. It's just so much inconsistent, isn't it? But you know, there's certainly no reason why we shouldn't turn up on Saturday with a, with a realistic expectation to win the game. So that was Jason McEwen, and a huge thank you once again to him. Do listen in next week for the latest episode and an interview with a member of the current first team squad. Until then. Take me home, Mither.